Hello and welcome to another episode of Was It Good? Where we ask the only question worth asking in life. What time is it? Just kidding. Was it good? I'm your host, Robbie, and I'm joined by my two brothers, Christian and Arjuna. Guys, we have a lot to talk about today with Spike Lee's new flick on Netflix, The Five Bloods. Dave Chappelle's new comedy special, 8 minutes and 46 seconds. And a bunch of news, including Christian's future favorite video game, Star Wars Squadrons. Oh, and I guess a bunch of movies are getting delayed, which is so, 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 so shocking, said the ghost of sarcasm. Did you what ad- an intro? Did you ad lib that goes to Krakow? No, that's in the, in the description. Oh, I thought you ad libbed it a little. I, that I was... never ad No, the, your delivery <laughs> was the best. I've oh, ever thank heard. you. You sure. paused where you needed to. I can read. You delivered that last <laughs> line like it was ad libbed yes. and not written. Yeah, it's actually you're getting better. Good. That was pretty He's good. He's getting better. It's almost like you're a writer and you know how I talk. Oh, yeah. As could we be do a this, thing. We could, uh, you know, yeah, we get could better. be a thing. Could, could be a thing that you do. Are you a writer? Ah. He's something. Yeah, aren't we, yeah. Aren't we all something? He's not the writer we need. He's the writer we deserve. Also, the bargain. Yeah, that writer. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get paid nothing, so you get what you pay for. <laughs> exactly. You get nothing. <laughs> you lose. Good day, sir. Oh, my God. Anyway, we're not talking about Christian. We're talking about Spike Lee's new film, The Five Bloods. A film that, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, was originally slated to come out during this time period. Yes. Uh, regardless of all of the current events uh, happening in the world with Black Lives Matters, uh, the George Floyd protests, the, um, the the changes that we're looking for in the world, an interesting film to come out. Um, wh- I guess, like, what did you guys think? Did you look at this film a little bit differently because of what's happening now? I mean, it's probably almost impossible not to go into this and be like, Oh, I see the correlation to this, 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 and this. Mm. Uh, did you go into this and say, hey, uh, this seems really similar to Triple Frontier, mm. Christian's favorite movie of all No, nope, that's not true. Yes, it is. You've my responded. Favorite, you've said that so many times. I said, my favorite movie is Interstellar. I said, I like Triple Frontier. I never said it was my favorite movie of all time. I just defend it. But, uh, go go ahead, ahead, no, you go ahead. But, I will say this. <laughs> Ow, you hurt my ears. I know. I, that was well-timed. Um... Uh, yes, it was Triple Frontier-esque in structure. Not, Big time. Not content. And yes... It's like Netflix has a formula. Yeah, I mean, Triple Frontier, Extraction, Defy Bloods. I think there's... Like, is it a producer? Is it a is it a showrunner? Like, or no, it's not a showrunner, but is there somebody on the set of these movies yes, who are Netflix. making them the same? <laughs> it's a robot. It's, it's like a person. Netflix. It's a shadowy figure. Uh, anyways... Um, and yeah, how can you not watch this movie uh, without the lens of what's going, currently going on? It was interesting because the first half, uh, you said it best, feels sort of like a, a little bit like a student documentary, some parts of it. No, I said a glorified student film. <laughs> uh, even better. Yes, you're right, student film. Um, and I thought that actually kind of worked for it, at least the first half. I liked getting the photos and sort of like the history lesson. Mm. At first, I, did, I wasn't sure if it's, I liked it's it. It's also very... But I did I like mean, it. if you've... If you've seen Spike Lee movies, I mean, I think everyone here has seen Black Klansman, yep. correct? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Black Klansman had the, you know, very similar opening where it takes historical footage and starts off with the historical context and then brings you in. They show some real-life imagery and real-life um, situations. Even that famous, at the very end of the movie, the famous uh, Spike Lee shot where it's the, you know, front of camera and they're moving, you know, 
without mm-hmm. like that's in every Spike Lee movie, right? That's in Black Klansman. That's in um, uh, uh, help me out. Uh, the Clive Owen Denzel movie, the Bank Inside Man, Inside Inside Job, Inside Job, Inside Job, right? I love no, that Inside Man. Either Inside way, Man? Inside Job? either oh, yeah, way, I love that film. Not because, not just because of like its implications on society, blah blah. Sure. blah. I love the soundtrack. Great. The soundtrack is fabulous. Yes. Wait, which one? Inside Man? Yeah. Oh. Because they use a lot of like Bollywood music <laughs> in it. <laughs> the very opening is just, just that Bollywood song. It's kind of like, wait, what's that going chaya, on? Chaya. Wait, I have not seen that movie in a long time. Oh, you need that. to. It's a great, like, if you like, like, mm-hmm. bank heist type movies. Yeah. Or, like, heist, like, it's, it's a it's the great. Heist, it's the heist Yeah, movie, it's a great film. Wow. Yeah. But, but anyway, I, so I actually thought that worked. But um, what I found the most interesting, especially for the first half of the movie, is when. They go back to their um, their enlisting days, but back in the set, you know, back when the flashbacks, know, the flat, the flashbacks, yes. right? And and what I found fascinating about those because they were definitely jarring. Like you know, you saw the aspect ratio kind of change, which has become very popular in Hollywood, in Hollywood, and movies and TV shows. You know, uh, Westworld does it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I found fascinating, you know, there was a few choices, right? The the way they shot it was almost like, and I think they reference it in the movie, right? Like, oh, you see all these things like Walker, Texas Ranger, you know, Chuck Norris, and like Vietnam, and these glorified like white people. They almost shot it like it was a movie from the seventies or eighties, right? Where it's like there's glorified. The music changed. The do way you, it was shot. even the acting. Was, do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember uh, the movie Tropic Thunder? Yeah. Of course. So Tropic Thunder like did a lot of that same idea of like the glorified and then adding in like the air quote real world and I think yeah. this movie did the exact same type of style yeah. and then obviously just simple aspect ratio and then, and then color grading there was also tons of references to like Apocalypse Now yep. which is like the quintessential like Vietnam movie I think, I think Spike Lee has talked in the past I might be wrong about this but he's talked about Apocalypse Now and that being an influence on his filmmaking uh, but I, I, the other interesting thing I found about those flashbacks is they used the same actors and they didn't de-age them in yes. the past, right? They were the same age. And the only time you see de-aging is like at the very end of the movie where they show the still shot. And it's a Photoshop. It's a Photoshop, yeah. right? I thought that was a fast, like that was an interesting choice that really stuck with me throughout the movie and kind of told the story of like where these guys are. So I have a theory on that. The flashbacks are pretty much done, I think, through the perspective of Paul, who's kind of the pseudo main character of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know about you guys, but when I remember something, I don't usually remember it as myself in that age, right? It's a little bit different when you, you remember like when you're a little kid and you're running around with a pencil and you stab it through your, your hand. Yeah, I remember that as like a little six year old. Yeah, I can't remember myself as like a fully a full adult. But like me myself, like myself in college, right? That's ten years ago now. Yeah, I don't necessarily picture myself remembering certain events as I was then. Yeah, for sure. Which like then I had long, way longer hair, no beard for the most part. You know, a lot skinnier. At one point, I had braces, but I never remember that type of stuff. I remember the situation. So I'm wondering if they did it kind of in that scenario because Paul would remember those events through his eyes, through his perspective. He's not going to necessarily remember his friends also mm-hmm. of that age. And it's the same thing when I remember like what we all did in college. I don't remember you guys how you looked in college then. I remember how you guys look now. Right, you imagine mm. Krishna is bald, but he wasn't bald. He wasn't bald in when college when he was in college, or even when he visited you in college. Yeah. So he the, was also those taller. Are, those are great. <laughs> what? Great point. <laughs> have I have I shrunk? Motherfucker. Mother uh, so uh, yeah, I think I, I think that aspect is probably one of the more interesting. Is like it, it's fascinating. It's a big play on what memory is, yeah. and like obviously you know big spoiler here. Like Paul obviously killed Norm. 
yeah. uh, Chadwick Boseman, yeah. uh, the King of Wakanda. He <laughs> killed a Black Panther, <laughs> man. What the fuck? That's kind of a, that's a dick move. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it was a mistake, right? It, it was it was an accident. He, he yeah. you know, did the the wide spray and it it, it clipped him. Uh, actually, we have to question that though. Was it an right, accident? Because yeah, it is memory. Not, it is memory. It's memory, and it also it's a little convenient that you know Chadwick comes back and forgives, forgives him? him at the very end of his life. I well, mean, it's not Chadwick. It's his own. It's, it's himself. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it just makes you wonder. You're just like, ah, it probably happened that way, but did it? You never really know. What I really liked about the movie is that to me, if you look at it from the macro level, it's like. You're taking the PTSD of this group of people, the soldiers, and you're putting them in a country which is also suffering from PTSD of the war. Yep. And now you're you're having these two these two elements clash. And I think just about every decision that they made is through that lens of PTSD. You hit the nail on the head, memory. Memory and PTSD are inextricably linked. You also hit the other nail on the head is that when you remember things, you only remember them from the present moment. Yep. Which you know, which then shades everything. Uh, past, present, and future. Well, it also changed your perspective, too. Yeah. Like, what I, for example, <laughs> this is terrible, but whatever, wh- how I remember Star Wars, yeah. right, uh, when I was a kid, to now having seen all this new crap of Star Wars has warped my memory a little bit of those feelings and blah, blah, blah of Star Wars. Granted, it's not, I'm not comparing Star Wars and PTSD, yeah. but it's the example I'm going you're, 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 you're What you're doing, there, you're just explaining memory. Yeah. And memory is already... A memory is already a very fragile, malleable thing. You can mm. change it. When you add in a traumatic series of events, that's PTSD. That's you. You can't. You're not really sure what's real. Uh, you know, in right. that at that point. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah. That's the movie. No. Um. The D- the Delroy Lindo mm. Oscar nomination. What do we think? Yes. And real quick, just to kind of throw the news in there as well, it was announced today, the taping of this podcast, the 2021 Oscars were delayed, were delayed by two months oh. uh, for two reasons. Well, one reason. Oh, yeah. COVID. <laughs> Co- right, right. Movies being delayed, yeah. people not being involved mean, about, I production mean, all That's why wacky. this movie, was this movie always destined for Netflix or was it originally going to be theatrical re- theatrically released? I'm sure there was going to be a theatrical release. This does feel... Like Spike Lee, I don't think would. I thought. I, don't ne- think of. I thought Netflix was the one. Also, wasn't just using the distribution platform, but they were also pumping money behind production of it as well. So oh, I think it was always destined for a Netflix. Oh, okay, not not theatrical. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Huh. I well, mean, it's also Spike Lee's own production company that also assisted too. So okay. Well, interesting. Um, but uh, I think he should definitely get nominated. I thought that was. I thought his performance. Like really informed what the movie was about. Yeah, you know, uh, I think I think you get, you understand all of the creative choices when you look at Delroy Lindo's performance. You're like, oh, because of his performance, you can understand why they made certain choices, which are are you've said it. They're jarring. They're confusing. And I noticed that on the second time when you were watching today earlier today that like there's like repeats of cuts. Yep. You know uh, the hugs. So the, the hugs, the, the dapping, it, yeah. the yeah. But did you? There was I something like. specific about the hugs mm-hmm. that I picked up after the millionth time of seeing it and being like, "Is this just bad editing or what?" No. <laughs> it was. Uh, they they changed the perspective. Yep. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I, I really liked a lot of the stylistic choices. Like I loved. I loved the. The kind of like unnatural cuts, like even specifically with uh, with uh, Lindo's character Paul, 
like especially when he's hugging uh, Chadwick Boseman, it just quickly cuts to him like digging a ravine all of a sudden, right? Yeah. And you're like, "Well, did I miss something?" But it's like, no, because this is all in his head. Yeah, you're really getting into the head of a PTSD victim. Yeah. And uh, I think they did a really good job with that. And I kind of like I've just read now this was always you know Netflix bankrolled this. It was announced last year in February that they were going to distribute. But oh, okay. I almost feel like this is a this is a movie that would have really benefited from seeing on the big screen, right? Just seeing the different aspect ratios, seeing those a lot of those visual cues that I think went along with this type of movie. I'm going to disagree. I think you, at the very least do it both ways, but it always needs to be on the Netflix platform. And the oh, reason yeah. I say that is because the distribution is just so much larger and more worldwide. Sure. And I think it's important that this is seen more than just by like an American audience. Yeah. Because this the, the things that they're talking about is not just related clearly to this country like yeah. this shit is happening everywhere unfortunately mm. um one last thing that real quick about delroy uh linda lindo um while his performance was great in this it still doesn't top his best performance ever which is in the 2003 greatest film ever oh, no. the core oh god he knew, where he I plays the reckon. doctor who saves yeah all of fucking he's, mankind he's great he's great in the core i i need a that's another movie oh no. it's such a good all movie right. he's so such a great character Ravi loves the movie so much i'm pretty sure correct me if i'm wrong you had the paperback version of the core i did i had the book i had the book you read i read that book it was so, so good we've got <laughs> i want that to happen in real life so he's a british actor he's not he's not an american actor he's a british dude and Makes sense. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, and th- this is the lens that we are, we're forced to view the world. Anytime a British man can come in and play an American character with that much shit going real on quick, and do it that believable, real quick, no idea was. Hold English. on to 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 add more like clarity to this. He played Winner. he played an American MAGA supporter. Yes. Well, what did you guys think of that choice to to have uh, to have his character and, and really involve Trump and those politics and be a a Trump supporter? It, it nails I it. Was, I it, thought it was interesting. I think it's a great thing to do because movies are supposed to be a representation of real life. And unfortunately, like, I don't know. Let's say the world fixes itself in 20, 30 years goes, goes by. We'll have news clippings. We'll have uh, video clips of what's happening in present day. But, you know, one of the things that's always repeatable and people go back and look at are films or yeah. is, is fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we need to have some of these um, – Paper or um, these crumb or uh, breadcrumbs in actual like cinema and everything, so that the people of the future can be like, wait, yeah, the world had a fucking idiot as the president, and there were dumb people that followed yeah. him. Right, and it's yeah. interesting that they had the the character with mental health issues be the Trump supporter, right? Oh yeah, yeah. There's a I lot th- of discussion around that, obviously, in today's news. Yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought it was interesting because I'm like Spike Lee clearly doesn't like Trump. So to make his viewpoint character for the whole movie a Trump supporter must have been a very challenging thing, because he's got to write he's got to write certain parts scenes from this movie from his perspective, and he nailed it obviously, right? Both uh, the writing and the the performance. So to be able to do that, put aside your own bias behind Trump, and then write and then also convey that support for that man, I think is. That, that is quite the feat. That's quite the feat. Yeah. Is it or is it? I mean, this is. It, is it difficult to be like, oh, how do you like play someone who would follow someone this clownish in, in a oh, film? You, you play him crazy. Like, like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know. But that's the thing. I, I think. I mean, I think if you look at actual Trump supporters, even though Paul is a character who's suffering from PTSD and has some mental instability, uh. 
they captured a lot of the points that many of the Trump supporters do make, and it is a real viewpoint, unfortunately. Um, yeah. You know, and I think I think Spike Lee making his character be the one, you know, Paul be the one to be the Trump supporter is a critique on Trump supporters, right? You know, it's a, that's true. It's a, it's a it's commentary on like, well, potentially, like to be a Trump supporter, not everything is not everything, everything is, is clicking up here, yeah. up uh, up top. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a blessing on Delroy, his uh, his monologue where he's walking toward the camera. He's looking at it. He's yeah. looking at it yeah. and that, that speech. Um, there's only one other uh, scene that I think really captures a, an actor goes beyond like who they are. And that's when Christian Bale is playing Dick Cheney. Basically does the same thing at the very end of the Cheney movie. Yeah. Where yeah, he's like, he looking at the, the camera. Wall. And to me, yeah. when, I've, when I watched that, I found that like slightly terrifying because it felt like it felt like Cheney talking to us, yep. right? Like, I don't know how Christian Bale did it. He did it. And th- this is the only other movie where I've I've had that same sort of visceral reaction. I'm like, Dalroy doesn't even exist. Mm. He went all the way. And it's I was like, this, 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 this man, this is a real man who suffered PTSD in the Vietnam War. And he's talking to us directly. Yeah. Amazing performance. He, he should uh, at the I, very least be nominated. Yeah, it's a travesty if he doesn't get Yeah, uh, absolutely. Fucking horseshit. Well, we have less than a year to find out. <laughs> start, <laughs> start the timer. Boop, boop. Speaking of... Uh, I mean, bef- well, yeah, yeah. Back it up a second. I think we want to ask that question. Yeah, sure. Let's oh, do yeah. it. Okay. So. <clears throat> do you guys like this t-shirt that I'm wearing? Yes. No. Okay. Arjuna, was the Five Bloods good? Uh, yes, it was good, and uh, I would put it on my top, one of my top movies of 2020. Wow. Okay. Sure. You have a list. You do have a list. I do. I have a list. I mean, th- granted, How many movies have come out this. It's been about so like far? 20. Th- I've seen about 22 <laughs> movies that were released in 2020. That's insane. And th- and but honestly, like looking at the list, like it's not a strong. I can't set remember of 19 of them. <laughs> <laughs> you pro- probably haven't seen most of them because they just not weren't that interesting. Interesting, to, to be honest. And also, there are probably more films that we don't. We Arjuna's more. You Arjuna's a little bit more eclectic in his taste. Uh, yeah, he, like Trolls <laughs> World Tour. I'm sure he saw that. Very, very eclectic taste he has. I mean, but, uh, it was an entertaining movie. I oh knew you God. saw that. <laughs> but he likes, the, the he, likes, he likes like dr- dramas and rom-coms and, it's, and, uh, good rom-com. and, and regular comedies and regular romances. Comedy? You know, I, I sometimes, I've sometimes wondered, are we really doing this podcast for other people? Are we doing it because at some point we will forget what happened in the year or or last year, and we could just easily go through our catalog and be like, oh, yeah, that movie came out. That was my thought process on wow. it. Wow. So what we're doing is creating a catalog for, the for post- ourselves. For the post-apocalyptic world where the internet dies. Well, if the internet dies, all of our podcasts are God. So. I don't think we back them up on any Back them up. I have all the copies. Local hard what? drive. Uh, cassette? No, on a hard drive. <laughs> you oh should put them God. on a cassette. <laughs> oh, my God. Burn them onto a record. Uh, Christian, was The Five Bloods good? Yes, it was. It's compli- It's a complicated movie. Um, uh, and while watching, I, I wasn't even sure if I liked the movie. But at the end, uh, I think the performances, some of the artistic direction. Um, also, the movie, we didn't even talk about this, but the movie has like laugh-out-loud moments, which I thought was... The cast was great chemistry. Oh, Great my God. chemistry between uh, the guys. The, the Wire, The Wire alum... <laughs> Bravo. I mean, uh, Delroy obviously is the scene stealer, but but Clay Davis and uh, Lester. 
Lester Freeman, Lester Freeman, and, and Clay Davis, incredible. Also, the actor that plays Paul's son, uh, I've seen him in a couple of things. He was on, he was in um, uh, the Last Black Man. He was in the movie The Last Black Man in San Francisco. He was really good in that. Uh, and then there's another movie I saw recently that he was in. He's like an up and coming actor. And I, I thought he did really good job in this movie too. Wait, which one is that? He plays Paul's son. Oh yeah, he was great. Yeah, he's oh. just kind of like we like. I just love like even the like part where he like introduces him to the like the other bloods and he's just kind of like sitting there with like his hat and he's got like a little cup of orange juice and just like. Yeah, yeah. I thought uh, he was great. <laughs> he he might have been him and the guide were my favorite characters. The son and the the the, the guy because they were innocent. They were innocent. They were pure and innocent. And they were normal. Yeah. And I was like, wow, there's some normal in this yep. world. There they are. And unfortunately, they were like bystanders almost. But yeah. uh, Ravi, was The Five Bloods good? Similar to what you had said, the, the beginning was definitely a little bit difficult to get into it. Mm. I think on a rewatch, I'll be all in. Yeah. This time, I was definitely kind of sitting there a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I definitely went into this film feeling thinking it was just going to be a bunch of like prejudice against the black community. I actually didn't, because I, I, I had not watched any trailers. I had no idea what it was. And then everyone's like, oh, everyone needs to go watch The Five Bloods. It relates hardcore to what's happening with the uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. So it's kind of like, oh, am, am I going to just watch a movie that's just going to Am I just going to be watching the real, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was kind of like, ah. Uh, so I was sitting there, for the most part, like on the edge of my seat, kind of uncomfortable. But overall, it it's a great movie. Great cinematography. Uh, like I said, I love how they dealt with flashbacks. It's very unique in in terms of like what hollywood does with flashbacks they typically want to use two sets of actors because you get more names in there so i thought this was a great way to kind of <laughs> not have to do that and then also like um visually show what memory is mm-hmm. which is great so very nice so is that a yes 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 <laughs> uh so one interesting thing i did read about this uh netflix pushed or asked spike lee to use their de-aging technology that they use for movies like the irishman right where they de-age De Niro and um, um, uh, Al Pacino and the, and uh, Joe Pesci for the entire movie for those flashback scenes, and he's like, "Nope, I want to do it this way," and they let him do it. To be wow. fair, that's awesome. Yeah, there because the thing with that de-aging stuff is it's creepy, and I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, end. Not, it's not na- <laughs> it's not natural. What it's they did not. with Moffat and Princess Leia. That's Wait, not even, that's not even de aging. That's just you, straight up like uh, creepy. Well, do you guys remember uh, when we watched what we rewatched Rogue One like two months ago? A yeah, month ago? yeah. And yeah. I remember when we watched it, and I saw it, like I saw it like this is like the first time I've seen it since the year the movie came out. I'm like, wow, that just it looks so bad. You know, yeah, it's not it even looks it's, so bad. It it's just, not even it it's bad. not even de aging. It's like imposters. Like yeah, those just, those actors aren't even alive. Just creepy. It, it looks just, like yeah. a video game render. Honestly. Yeah, it, it does. really does. I say yeah. I don't know. Like with the stuff, real quick, with the stuff with Carrie Fisher, I kind of understand why it would make sense. But like with the actor that played, you know, um, Moffat. Yeah. Just recast it at this point. I think yeah. everybody's gonna be like, okay, we get it. I, yeah. I, I, it's just confusing when you like recast other characters. You know what I'm saying? Like you recast Bon uh, Mothma. You yeah. Reca- you recast Han Solo for a whole movie. Like what? What's wrong with just... Anyway, we're going to get into more Star Wars stuff at the end, but the Five Bloods did talk a lot about PTSD. And a couple of years ago, or uh, about 10 years, right, Christian, prior to the start of the Vietnam War, there was treatments in place uh, to um, combat Mm. PTSD uh, through a drug known as LSD. Yes. Recently, uh, someone on this podcast... (gasps) What? Not didn't necessarily do that, but had an experience similar to that. Mm. I can say that legally and not get anyone in trouble. Yeah. Uh, he basically drank a whole gallon of milk. 
Same effect. Same effect, yeah. Same effect. So Christian was on a milk trip. Yeah, I was on a milk trip. A trip to the store to get milk. Yes. Ooh, wow. What happened, Christian? That works on yeah, so many levels. Yeah, what happened on the trip to the store to um, get milk? Wow, you, you want this What experience? store was it? Was oh it Ralph? Oh, God. Was uh, it Pavilion? Well, CBS? first of all, the milk. The milk, as we're going to call 1%? it. 1%? Uh, you have the 1%, 2% almond oh. milk? <laughs> God, it was all of the milks, guys. Okay, it was every milk. And then you become the milk, and then you realize there is no milk. Um, yeah, well, the, the experience was very interesting. Um, oh, God. It's just, it's deconstruction, okay? So basically, you don't know who you are. It is temporary insanity. Insanity because you forget everything that you know about everything. Is that, the, is that the definition of insanity? I don't know. But it should be. I, I don't know. I, I think insanity might be, it's a bunch of things. It can be like believing things that aren't real, quote, unquote. Um, yeah, probably f- temporary amnesia, permanent amnesia. Like, uh, who knows, right? Um, so it, it was interesting. Uh, the, the first couple hours were disorienting because you have to, uh, I spent, you know, the first couple hours just sort of uh, getting used to this new framework. Right, like which milk you want to go get. Yeah, which yeah. Which store you want to go to. But then you forget that you even took milk. Or no, you remember that you took milk, but you can't, you have to keep reminding yourself because you're not sure what's the effect the milk is having on you. Okay. And then you spend the time after that being like, oh, man, I really, I really need to just pee out this milk, mm. right? It's, but it's not, it's not, it's, it's stuck inside of me. My, my, my stomach is cold. In fact, uh, the milk might be bad. The milk might be bad. In fact, I, I might Wait, have... Wait, did that cross your, your mind when yes. you were on this milk trip? Yeah, on the milk trip. And it didn't freak you out? No, no, it didn't. Because uh, I was like, well, you just got to let your body do its thing at that point, right? Wow. So there's a lot of like just uh, surrendering. And then all of a sudden you forget to surrender. And then you're like fighting it. And then you surrender. And then you're fighting it. It's just a lot of in and out uh, epiphanies. And then forgetting them. And then remembering them. Uh, it, it's just it's it's a it's a terrifying experience. I actually cannot recommend it <laughs> to anyone. To to be quite so clear, you, so you saying it was not good. It was good. The when you look at the entire journey, <laughs> the journey was good, but the trip to the milk store part was bad. of the trip, the trip to the milk store was bad. Got it. The ingesting of the milk was good. Riding out the milk poisoning, bad. Gotcha. Looking at what the milk represented, good. You know, so it's just. Um, but anyway, to bring it back though to the five bloods. Um, so uh, you know, while I was on this trip uh, of uh, wait, you did not watch the five bloods while no, 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 oh no, my no. Oh my god, that would that no, would. He had three glasses of uh, Glenfiddich while he watched the five bloods, right? Yes, I did have Glenfiddich while I was watching that. And then, that the and then I and then I came home and Christian was like. You know, you know when Christian is like drunk? Yes. Or, you know, you know, you know he tries he to use Google Maps to order an Uber. Yeah. I didn't do that this time. He, he was just like, he was just like grinning a lot. And he's like, he's like, are you going to watch it now? I really want to watch the movie again. Yeah. This is like 1030 at night. It's a two and a half hour movie. I'm like, I'm, uh, I'm going to go to bed. Actually, though, <laughs> it's great that you bring up The Five Bloods. The Five Bloods is, and also The Last Samurai, those are the movies that you least want to watch when you're on, when you're suffering from milk, right? Two movies that I can highly recommend when you're trying to forget or you come back to normal. When you want to get back to normal from your milk trip. Um, Don't hug me. I'm scared. One through six. No. <laughs> no. That might be worse than those other two. It's Shrek 2 and Hitch. Okay. I cannot stress this hold enough. On, hold on. Hold on. Two we perfect have to, We have to go back. How did you get to Shrek 2? 
Oh, I looked up a list of movies uh, on Reddit to look at when you're tripping. On milk. On milk. On milk. Interesting. Yes. Did you actually watch these movies? I watched Shrek 2. It was number two on the list. Number one was Fantasia, and I was like, I want to watch that. Shrek it's 2, I was like, cool. that's perfect, because I don't remember Shrek 2 at all. And Shrek 2 is a great metaphor. In fact, I'm convinced, I'm convinced that the creators of Shrek 2 uh, meant it to be sort of a great representation of what an acid trip is. It's, it's every, Shrek goes from being an ogre to a human back to an ogre. If that isn't the greatest metaphor for what LSD does to you, you I don't milk, know Kirsten. what is. I mean, you mean milk. <laughs> LSD and milk. No, they're very different things. Very we different. don't condone LSD usage on this podcast. Milk, drinking. We don't condone milk, drinking anything. Milk is fine. Um, and then the other one's Hitch. Hitch, And yeah, this was Hitch, also Hitch on that list. So No, Hitch was not on the list. I was just looking for another movie, and I was like, I need something really stupid right Which now. Which one's Hitch again? Is that the Hitch is Will Smith and Kevin James. Will Smith. Will Smith. Oh, it's incredible. Oh, yeah. Mendes. Um, uh, he is a dating coach yes. uh, who trains him up. Yep. Um, the reason that movie is also works as well, part of the reason I went on this milk trip was to become a better writer. And Hitch is great because every scene it works uh, to reframe whichever character is in that scene. The whole movie is subverting expectation after expectation after expectation. Star Wars? And that rep- also represents... Uh, a milk trip. Actually, it's funny you bring up Star Wars. Somebody, somebody pointed out if uh, if milk is to LSD what um, orange juice is to mushrooms, then orange juice equals Lord of the Rings and milk equals uh, Star Wars. And I, I think that's a good way. It's not perfect, but it's a good way to Confused sort of represent. The, anyway, my, my, my biggest question is, did you look up this list while you were drinking the milk or is this before? No, dr- while I was drinking the milk, yeah. How did you use a laptop while you... I on- didn't. I used my phone. Um, How? Because Well, so after... How did you not get stuck in it? <laughs> well, so it was after about eight hours. Uh, okay. So the okay. first two hours, you're not capable of anything. Yes. Except just ex- going through whatever. Hey, now happening. your mother would say you're capable of great things. At yeah, all times. I mean, <laughs> it's not for this episode. I would love to try and put into words what the first two hours are like, uh, but it's not for right now. But it's to bring it back to the five bloods, which I think we've tried to do for for half an hour now. Um, <laughs> it's interesting that it was banned about you know, in the 60s. I believe it was banned in the 60s. And I think the Vietnam War takes place the end of the 60s, beginning of the 70s, mm-hmm. middle of the 70s. I'm actually not entirely sure. But I don't think that's a coincidence because what milk does is it takes apart your ego uh, and it makes you less susceptible to just live your life kind of blindly. So I'm of, I'm of the thought that if LSD... I mean, yeah, if LSD had been legal, the Vietnam War never happened. And uh, it's no coincidence either that LSD has been used and is actually, they're actually um, researching this right now, I believe, at Harvard and John Hopkins, treatment therapies, uh, things like microdosing and just how LSD can be used to treat depression and PTSD. Um, so it was very interesting that I watched The Five Bloods and then, was it the next day? Yeah, the next day. Uh, honestly, time is oh, it's a whole different I think thing. it was two days later. Two days? Uh, yeah, time. Um, uh, you know, and then I had this experience with the milk. You know, I, I think that the two kind of go hand in hand, at least for me this weekend. Have you ever thought that maybe you're still experiencing the milk? <laughs> I mean, that's a whole <laughs> different thing, sir. 
All right, we're not gonna thing. we're not spending. Yeah. This is not the Joe Rogan podcast, uh, so yeah. we're gonna move on from yeah. talking about milk here. Uh, let's shift into a little bit of uh, turbo. No, not a little bit. Uh, not a little bit. A serious matter here. Uh, recently, Dave Chappelle put out a YouTube video titled Eight Minutes and Forty Six Seconds." Um, that is an important time frame because that is unfortunately uh, and and sadly how long George Floyd uh, was need on, um, and. Dave Chappelle, who has been known primarily as a comedian for the Chappelle Show, then he went a little crazy, then he came back, mm, then he wrote some crazy. stuff, and he's been he's last couple of years he's done a, an interesting um, new kind of slew of stand up comedy shows where they're not just straight up comedy per se; it's kind of comedy within the real world and making you realize I probably should not be laughing at this, and like and he actually makes a, a bunch of fairly really good points. And his new special, or I wouldn't even call it special because he put it on YouTube. It's just impromptu. You know, impromptu. He just put it out because he felt very, like many of us do, he felt very passionate about this and he needs to speak up. Um, what, what did you guys think? I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's the new, it's, it's Dave Chappelle 2.0 at his best. I, 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 I would call this Dave Chappelle 3.0. Maybe yeah, maybe I'm. A, I mean, for me, Chappelle exists in two, uh, you know, in two two realms, like the straight up, you know, Chappelle comedy show. trying to make a Chappelle show, the precursor to Kim Peel, et cetera, et cetera, and then the Chappelle that you know came back from was it Africa that he spent a couple Africa. Of years, Africa, um, <coughs> losing his mind, and then you know trying to put himself back together. <laughs> well, I mean, in his yeah. his own words, right? Yeah. Um, th- it's him at his very best because. He it's not comedy, it's commentary with some comedy. Mm-hmm. And he, if his job, if an entertainer's job is to simply stand in front of a stage and be captivating and keep your attention, he's at his very best right now. Better than he was when he was just doing straight up stand up comedy, better than he was when he was doing um, the Chappelle, Chappelle show. show. So, as a professional, he's at his very best right now. Uh, and unfortunately, events have given him the platform to. To be effective and to be mm. his best, I'm, he'll be the first one to tell her he doesn't want to go up and do that shit. He doesn't want to go up and have to be talking about that. But he's been talking. I mean, and, and to the point of the special, you know, he mentions it multiple times. Like he's been talking. Of, like this isn't anything new, uh, which is probably why it's not Dave Chappelle three because yeah. he has been mentioned. Like he, and he, I, he recaps all of it right, and really in those those twenty seven minutes of the special, of just all the the senseless murders that have happened to black people in this country, uh, and it's powerful, right? Like you, you know, I think like you just said, Christian, like he he is a captivating public speaker, and that's what he is. Like this isn't a stand up, like that's not comedy. It's it's a it's a public figure doing uh, twenty seven minutes of public speaking. Mm. To uh, to people and yeah, there there his his typical jokes you know throw a couple of his jokes thrown yeah. in there about like you know you know pardon my language but like pussy smelling right like that's one of the <laughs> one of the things that he says right um, why is he talking about cats like that man <laughs> <laughs> but and 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 that's kind of what I love about Chappelle right he is authentic he's authentic and he, yeah. he even mentions it right like people coming after him and saying like you know Dave Chappelle needs to say something and. He's so passionate. He's so emotional, um, without breaking down, but still being Dave Chappelle, right? Being the being that guy of uh, of just being able to to share and articulate what he's feeling and what many people are feeling right now. Yeah, what many people are going through. Yeah, and 
to kind of relate to to Five Bloods, like I think Spike, you know, Spike Lee in a lot of his movies, even going back to some of his earlier ones, like um, Do the Right Thing, right? I think that came out in the '80s or the '90s. One of Spike Lee's first movies. You know, it's about a block, I believe, in New York, and Spike Lee is the main character, and it's just about um, you know black people living in America, and uh, the movie culminates with someone on the street being killed by a police officer. And then them rioting, like his character, you know, rioting at the end, uh, doing the right thing. Uh, and so Spike Lee is always, much like Dave Chappelle, specifically Dave Chappelle 2.0, uh, always had this type of message. And I think Spike Lee's, you know, the movie was pre-planned before everything happened, but it's very relevant. And I think kind of the same thing with Chappelle. Like, yes, this uh, he specifically talks about George Floyd and everything going on, but... Pull, pull up any of the Netflix specials he's done over the last five years, and you're going to find Something. similar content. Yep. Uh, so, I, I, you know, for <clears> both <throat> of these guys, I commend them for continuing to do what they've always done, honestly, uh, and not halting the conversation and continuing, con- you know, continuing to have it. And I'm glad people are talking about it more, like us. Like, we're talking, like, I don't think l- a year ago, if these had come out, we necessarily would have talked about these in the same way right but we are now that's it nice well done well well uh articulated you're good with the words (laughs) thank you i mean did you watch it i watched most of it okay what do you think i like similar to what arjuna said uh he speaks really well he is a public speaker um i think the thing that is interesting and i've heard this from a, a couple of different people is like there, there's two things that are in or a couple of things i'll just list them all out uh number one is like and Chappelle said it's like this isn't new yeah <laughs> he's not coming out there saying something groundbreaking that has not happened two months ago three months ago four months ago five months ago six months ago like i don't have to give time jumps i can just go month by month and it's happened mm. um which is frustrating and sad for a country um, I think the other thing that has has been interesting is um, uh, Josiah Johnson, uh, King Josiah on King Josiah fifty four on Twitter, uh, said this in one of our other uh, one, this other show that I produce is that you know across the board you have these people people are expecting somebody to do something and for the most part people are looking at the black community to go and say and do something and it's like. They've been saying and doing something. It's not like they've been sitting there and being like, oh, and now all of a sudden they're coming out. The problem is they're being, they've been consistently silenced and or people um, who are in positions of power, CEOs, um, directors, leaders, whatever, they're not doing anything. They're just sitting there and, you know, I, I've heard a lot of this where it's like the whole uh, Blackout Tuesday movement, which was supposed to be the music label industry, and the point was not to self-promote, but to clear the way so that the Black Lives uh, initiative and stuff could be pushed out. I think it worked and it didn't work in the sense that everyone did it just to kind of pat themselves on the back. Mm-hmm. It did work in the sense that now there's a lot more, there's a lot more like eyes like, well, what is this? I think the, the thing that needs to continue is we need to continue putting stuff out and talking about it. But more importantly, like we need to be changing things, right? Like we need to make sure that various um, housing areas, like the, the, a black community gets the same kind of tax write-offs or the same type of funding that a white community gets. Mm-hmm. It's not even the same, right? You have to yeah. elevate it because of hundreds of years of discrimination, right? There's yeah. a 400-year head start 
for white people versus black people or people of color. And so the the thing that's going to make people uncomfortable is you're going to have to elevate it now to try and get to that to fix that discrepancy, right? Yep. You're going to have to pump money into the people that are undervalued and that's where you get well, there's actually a show that came out uh somewhat recently that uh did this. Watchmen? Yep. Uh, Watchmen Tulsa, Oklahoma. They had the re- I'm saying it right, reparations was it is it called? Yeah. Uh where like if you specifically to Black Wall Street and what happened back in the 1920s, uh, if you had a family member in, in this hypothetical world of Watchmen, if you had a family member that was affected by it, the government owes you X amount of money, mm. right? And that was to help you, the future generation, now get back up to speed, et cetera, et cetera. Because you missed out on all that wealth Correct. that you would have had. But yeah. It's been robbed from it's been straight up taken from you. Yeah. 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 And honestly, The Five Bloods, uh, the main premise, of one of the main premises of the movie is about the gold, right, that they're looking for. And yeah. that's, you know, that's a huge topic that's hit upon and that they even talk about philosophically within the uh, within the movie, right? They're t- t- deciding what to do with the money, right? It, uh, one of the characters believes that the money should go to straight up to Black Lives Matter, while some of the members are like, I, you know, it needs to go to me. Like I have, I have suffered. I've had a problem, right? Yeah. It's and and that's the issue, right? There, all there's so many people. Like it's a whole, a whole group of people that have been underrepresented, and it's just huge. And, and like you said, like the leadership, and it's still today, June what fifteenth? Yes, fifteenth. People still at the top haven't done enough, and they're still not doing enough. They put out, you know, they might donate five hundred thousand dollars, and then they're moving on. Hmm. Or, you know, they might put out their little social media message and they move on. Right. Or they might dress themselves up in makeup and go to a protest, have a nice picture taken and say, look, I was there yeah. for the stupid. Like, yeah. one of my big hopes from this entire movement, because they have been called out, is that the influencer movement will die. Mm. It won't. <laughs> I, I pray that in some way it changes or just gets lost because it is so stupid. Or it needs about, to change for sure. Or how about government leaders appropriating cultural, you know, cultural... Uh, the stupid cl- kneeling with the... Cl- the cl- ne- yeah, with, yeah, with clothing and then kneeling and thinking that's going to, you know, being a huge... Just continuing to perpetuate the same problems. Mm. Yep. So we're going to move on from there <laughs> because there's a bunch of things in the wasn't news area. And well, real quick, uh, did anyone dislike 846? No. No. Yeah. no, no, no. God, it was very well done. Yeah, it was uh, great. On, uh, to be, real quick, last thing I'm going to say on that. I mean, if uh, if you know if 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 if, there, if anyone here ever has kids, uh, I, I would say that is probably a good thing to show them as a sort of like, well, you know, they might not mention everything they put in the textbooks, right? You can't really trust textbooks. Here's some here's some media from the time, yep. so you can get an idea or a feel, get a feel for what people were feeling. I think uh, that's how good it was. So in the was it news area, uh, I think the big, the big one here is going to be the PlayStation Five announcement, and what was it? An hour long trailer mashup. I just thought it was a modem with two pieces of paper taped on. But <laughs> uh, the 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 internet did its usual thing where it just took something and turned it into a meme and just made fun of it and. To be fair, we did not get a lot of inf- – we got nothing in terms of actual information. We have hardware specs, which is great. We don't have a, a launch date. Yeah. We don't have a price. Well, those are the two things people wanted. That's it, right? That's it, yeah. If they had just come out with a simple graphic on social that said, 
Coming December 12th, starting at 4.99, it would have been a win. That's all they had to do. They didn't even to show what the fucking thing looked like. Literally, that's all they had to do. Here's and that's the thing my, they didn't. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. And it goes, unfortunately, it goes back to what we were just talking about. Social media works in terms of, like, what's trending, what everyone is talking about, right? Yep. The PlayStation announcement, the original announcement, was supposed to be June 5th. The world, the country was kind of going chaotic with, uh, unfortunately, um, some assholes rioting, not focusing on the Black Lives Movement, and then also clearing the way and giving way to the Black Lives Matter movement and all of that fun stuff. Sony pushed the event to, what, June 11th? So yeah, six days. Six days later. And then instead of giving the information so we can kind of move on here, they put out a, an hour-long trailer, have us all talking about it, and then we have to now wait to get the information that we care about. So they're extending their marketing campaign. Yes, I get they're a business and all that fun stuff. But at the same time, you know, if, if your goal is obviously to like make X, Y, and Z money, blah, 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 right now's not the time to be talking about like your new products and stuff. I think now is the time to be like, we're Sony. We know we have, because Sony, like many other corporations, has a huge fucking diversity problem. Absolutely. What they should have done is in a fucking hour-long discussion about how are we going to um, help promote the uh, indie developers that are underrepresented. How are we actually going to fix our diversity problem, Sony? How are that would be more fucking interesting how, than a goddamn hour-long how are trailer. We going, and let's talk about video games. If we're talking about video games, how are we going to fix the blatant racism that go on in online video games where people just drop the N-word without yeah. any repercussions? Like, why Why isn't Sony talking about that? Like, there's the technology out there to to kind of control to some of people, that, yep. that type of stuff. Like... It's the same thing with you know with some of the with the bigger MMOs, right? The bigger, massive multiplayer online games. It's the fucking the same. Call of Duty yeah. Warzone. Yeah, their big thing and the well, their big thing to the to the Black Lives Matter was we put a patch in so that you can't say the N word. Are you fucking what? What what year is it? Hmm. What time period? What the fuck? It's mind-bogglingly stupid. Yeah. The uh, the world moves very slowly. It moves like like so, honey <laughs> when I throw it at the wall also, after I painted it. You your, your, plan, the wall? Your, your plan there for Sony was very specific. Are, are you are you putting out application? <laughs> hey hey, big ass corporations! If you need to like figure out what you should be doing, call me. Yeah. My numbers. Th- nope, I'm not gonna. Do are, that. You the, are you the are you the hitch? You're the hitch of. Uh, of uh, bigger companies and um, audience, I, or you know, c- consumers it, it's trying to marry them. It's just frustrating because it, it it they are acting like it is a complicated thing to. F- it's not a complicated thing to fix. It's yeah. actually it just it it ultimately means you're going to make some people uncomfortable. But here's the thing: people go through change; they get over it. Yeah, like it ain't hard. I mean, yeah. NASCAR did the right thing and got rid of the Confederate flag, right? Yes. yes. Last they week. They got yeah. rid of the Confederate flag. <laughs> yeah. They're flying the pride flag. Yeah. Like the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, uh, the NHL, right? Those leagues were all considered like way above, like better, more inclusive than fucking NASCAR. NASCAR and then NAS- racist, yeah. NASCAR was like, you think NASCAR, you think fucking redneck, racist, asshole, piece of shit. And then they pulled this and those other leagues are still going, uh... Yeah, they're still they're still apologizing for the actions of four years ago, right? <laughs> I mean, it's 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 like you're right, Christ Almighty. Like, uh, who 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 who? If you take a, 
put a bet. Put a bet down before anything happens that NASCAR <laughs> is going to look like the most progressive fucking company in the U.S. of A. You would have made a lot of money. Yeah. But, oh, it's just, it's insane. It's just yeah. so insane. Um, you know, that being said, it's not like they're not facing backlash. I mean, they're losing... That you know they're losing a lot of their base, a lot of their base. That's fine, but that's which, no, no. Uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying, like you know, praise be unto NASCAR. Yeah, they got to follow through. Uh, and I think what's going to happen is you're going to see a lot of companies take these half measures, right? They're going to take half measures. They're going to be like, you know what? Goodell came out today and said someone should offer Ka- uh, Kaepernick a contract. It's like they keep they're moving in these little baby steps, right? What's going to happen is no one's going to offer Kaepernick a contract, and nothing changes. It's a, ha- it's a half measure. NASCAR, yeah. facing the backlash in one year, allows, you know what? First Amendment, freedom of speech, Confederate flag, it's fine. We're not going to bat it okay, anymore. The NFL, half measure. Well, I mean, not to get too sports here, but the NFL, someone needs to offer Cam Newton a contract. <laughs> because, I mean, if you want to talk about... Amen, the, if brother. It, if you want to talk about the blatant racism, right? Here's the former number one overall pick in the league. Former, former MVP. Former MVP. Super Bowl appearance. Super Bowl, Super Bowl appearance. Went 15-1 and one in the regular season. Great statistics. Had one, one year where he was injured and is still, as of June 15th, 2020, unemployed. Yeah, that's right? no, no reason. Say what you will. Kaepernick's been out of the league for four years. Okay. That is a valid argument, right? He hasn't played football in four years. Cam Newton played football last year, and he didn't play badly. He just got hurt. Right. Boom. Roasted. Um, so, yeah. Uh, uh, so, to sum up uh, what we're talking about, we have a huge fucking problem. Yep. Um, and, unfortunately, there's only one way to do it. Uh, the step is right. Here's the thing, right? If, if, if my milk trip has taught me anything, <laughs> once you've taken the first step, <laughs> oh God. it's all downhill from there. So the fire has been lit. There's only one way to go. It might take a long time. It's going to be painful, right? Be very painful. Good Lord. More pain than anyone's ever experienced. But it, 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 that's it. We're, we're, all, we're going all the way. Boom. I, I believe that. Getting back into pop culture movies and TV shows here. The other big news of the week was Star Wars Squadrons was released. The new EA... Get out of my water, bro. <laughs> was the new... Uh, new New uh, first-person um, plane space battle. Wait, first <laughs> it's first-person. No, it was first-person. No, it's not third-person. It's gonna be. It's gonna be both. You can switch. You're gonna be able to switch. It back said first-person. Yeah, it's gonna be both. Trust me. It's um, also in VR. Yeah, and that's great. You can play it in first-person, but third-person is also a very important thing to have in a game like this. Yeah. Anyway, it's coming out in October second. I think the most surprising thing uh, of the announcement, and just so everyone's aware. Um, they dropped just a in-game uh, footage trailer as opposed to like actual gameplay trailer. That's coming out on Thursday. Uh, tune in uh, to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash was it good after. So around like, um, I don't know, 4 or 5 p.m. Pacific time. I'll be playing the far superior Star Wars Rogue Squadron on Twitch. Wow. Great. Wow, 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 wow. Fuck me. Um, but I think the just most like the milk, right? Just yeah. like the milk. I think the most surprising thing was the price point, which was $39.99 US dollars. And as we all know, being that we like video games and, you know, um, instead of investing in stocks and bonds and stuff, we'd rather put them to video games. A, a new high-end video game when it comes out um, for the last... 10 years? 10 years. <laughs> 20 <laughs> it feels, years. Feels like 10 years. Is, yeah. uh, is, is typically $59.99. Yeah. Um, 
What do we think about that price difference? So this is a new thing the video game industry is doing. <clears throat> these, the, the, it's become very popular, these $40 games, to trick consumers into thinking, wow, I can buy a complete new game and it's $40. Here's the thing about these $40 games. Uh, Uncharted did it with Uncharted 4. They had another game come out called Uncharted Lost Legacy. Star Wars is now doing it with Squadrons. Uh, Spider-Man is doing it. The Miles Morales game that they showed uh, during the PlayStation 5 trailer is also uh, going to be a $40 game. The reason they're $40 games is the fine print. These games are built off pre-existing engines. So, for example, Miles Morales is built off of the um, ori- the Spider-Man game that came out last year, two years ago, mm-hmm. right? It's built off the same engine. Yeah. Uh, and it's a significantly smaller game. So... If we just go back five years, that's what you used to call downloadable content, um. where you would pay the fifteen twenty dollars for like an extra campaign, right? An extra addition to the game if you really love the game and you really wanted to continue. Video game, the video game industry has figured out well. If we just add a couple little more things and we package it into a new game, you know, you don't need the other game. It's like, oh, it's a new experience, but it's 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 just your DLC. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, and to me, when I saw Squadrons and when I heard about it, this is just like extended DLC for Battlefront. That's really it. Wow. This is EA. Do you feel cheated right now? Uh, no, I'm just not. <laughs> I, well, we don't. We don't have enough information to say that we're cheated or not because it could be that EA grew a conscience and we're like, hey, we really fucked you guys over with Battlefront, the new one, the first one, and the second one was kind of a joke. And here's our gift to you. Yeah, I highly doubt that. <laughs> see, see, I, I wouldn't be. I think we do have to wait. I think we're excited. We have to wait because if, uh, if it's a forty dollar game and I feel like I got my forty dollars worth, I'm okay with that. It's gonna be. You're right, though. If it's a $40 game and it feels like it should have been a $15 downloadable piece of content, you're absolutely right. I'll be pissed. Right. But it depends. We'll see. Uh, my, I my guess at $40, right. uh, you know. This is my fear. This is my fear for the Squadrons game from what I've seen. And obviously, we've just seen, we haven't seen gameplay footage. We don't know any of the specs or anything. It's going to be like three maps. You're going to be able to play two factions. And you will have fun for about an hour. And then you're just like, I've heard that the game <laughs> is multiplayer first, which to me is interesting because because when I think of multiplayer first, I think of like these really big online competitive games mm-hmm. that have huge followings. Sure. So I wonder if like Squadrons is gonna be, is gonna be uh, Star Wars' attempt to sort of have like their Fortnite or something. Battlefront. <sighs> Is, ba- is Battlefront super competitive? I, I, yes, it's big time. But it's like it's like. Have you ever played like Call of Duty mm-hmm. uh, or in those types of games? Like yeah, you'll jump into the much. map and then you'll be dead after three seconds. And yeah. after like five times of that happening, you're like, okay, I'm that's done. not fun. It's not fun. Well, boring. Because look, we're all ca- we're no, no no one here at this table is a hardcore gamer. We're all casual gamers, right? And that is true. The thing the thing I see with Squadrons is it's you know the MMO. It's just it's for hardcore gamers. You know, like the. For us, it's about the single. Pl- it's about single player. It's about local multiplayer. Uh, we're, in, I mean, granted, we're in the minority, right? A lot yeah. of you know MMOs and and on- online play are, are hugely for the mass audience of video game enthusiasts. But to me, EA just has a bad. They have a model. They well, they just have a bad rap sheet when it comes to Star Wars games, right? Yeah. This will be their fourth Star Wars games, correct? It's Battlefront, Battlefront Two, Fallen Jedi, and now it's going to be Squadrons. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. The first call. two battlefronts, as Ravi mentioned earlier, 
are garbage, right? They're, they're just, they're not good. I would rather go play the old PlayStation 2 Battlefront 1 and 2. Those games, which are 15 plus years old, are more fun than a game that came out much more recently. Yeah. They're less buggy. They're more enjoyable. They have a, a coherent single player campaign. There's more customization. feels like there's more customization. There's more randomness to it. There's just more fun. Uh, you know, Fallen, you know, what's Fallen Jedi? Fallen Jedi, Fallen, Fallen Order. Yeah, Fallen Order, right? Uh, I didn't pl- like. I didn't get the game. I've played a little bit of, I think, Ravi's copy, but I I haven't had a desire to go buy it or borrow Ravi's copy and not start a campaign like it. That's it because was, you're not a Star Wars fan. No, it's not. It's not because I'm not a Star Wars, yeah, fan. Star Wars fan. You start. You told me the story. That's all I need to know. The gameplay itself was just kind of generic, boring, stupid. It no, was it's actually pretty good. No, the, you the, ever played? I did. I played. Uh, oh, I was also tripping that day. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! Stop drinking so much milk, no, you sorry, fat no, fuck. No, no but, but, but but Fallen Order, right? It it was fu- it, it's fun, but would I pay sixty dollars for it? No, honestly, <laughs> you'd pay forty. To, so. you, well, <laughs> but you would pay forty. Maybe. I wouldn't. I would. I no, would wait until no, no. that game is like ten dollars, honestly, That's because fair. like that to me, it's like it's fun, but there's not enough. There's not enough to that type of game for me to like. Oh, this is cool. The story let's, is let's, very like, Let's let's back up here though. Before yeah. like Disney took on Star Wars, there was a, there's only been a handful of games where it's like that's worth getting. Like, um, M- um. Shadows of the Empire, right? Mm. Rogue Squadron, Empire at War, the uh, real-time strategy game. Knights right? of the Old Republic. Knights of the Old Republic. Those are games where Even it's like... Even KOTOR 2 is pretty good. I yeah. Like Clone no, Wars Kor- Commando. Oh, I've never played that. Uh, Commando is kind of cool. It's a horror game almost. With Star well, Wars. It's definitely kind of horror-ish. but that like fun. I don't... It, uh, um, oh, uh, um, uh, what's that one with uh, the clone of Vader? Uh, oh, uh, Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed was good, but that was because it was a really compelling and interesting story. Yeah. But it's the same argument that you could make for like Fallen Order, right? Because it's, I mean, it's basically it's same basi- gameplay. Yeah, yeah very similar mechanics, which is fine. But you know, overall, good game. Uh, jumping off, oh, actually, one last piece of Star Wars news, uh, which was is interesting, kind of like a chuckle. Um, it did start trending today for a little bit. But not for the reasons that people thought. Uh, Celebration, Star Wars Celebration, which was supposed to take place um, in the second to last week of August of this year, has finally been canceled. You know, just over two months from right now, time of this podcast. Um, And a lot of people are laughing that it it took so long for them to cancel when, you know, the big ones like uh, Comic-Con, WonderCon, Stanley's, or the L.A. Comic-Con. Uh, they all canceled Even already. World, bigger world events like the Olympics and yeah. the NBA season, you know, like those types of things were all pushed back uh, before Star Wars Celebration was. They did announce, though, that the next celebration will be in 2022, also in Anaheim. Which is interesting. So, like, for us, you know, if uh, if Anaheim's still a thing in 2022 and COVID isn't around, we could potentially go. Oh, we'll have COVID-21. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Or 25. I, I don't know. Even. Uh, to wrap up on our, our was it news, um, a bunch of movies have been pushed back. Um, we'll start with the most interesting one, Tenant. Uh, the original uh, premiere was supposed to be July 17th. Um, this movie was interesting for two reasons. Uh, not only as a Christopher Nolan fan, him finally kind of going, or not finally, but going back to kind of weird sci-fi with different elements, you know, ranging from um, Inception to Interstellar and that type of stuff. He's doing a movie where people can kind of, you know, essentially see deja vu or the future or the past, whatever you want to call it, and uh, all that fun stuff. So there was that whole factor. But then what was also interesting is Hollywood was looking at that 
big blockbuster as a kind of a, a, a pinpoint as to are consumers going to go back to the theaters? There was a, a lot of social posts out there where they basically, fans were saying to Christopher Nolan, I don't feel comfortable going to a movie theater. Um, can we push it back and find the studio? And Nolan's uh, group and everything agreed, yeah, let's push it back to uh, end of July, July 31st. I'm going to be honest, based on what I'm seeing with everything right now, the increase in spikes in cases day over day, we're in some areas, we're now getting more cases um, now than when we had lockdown. Yep. Um, I, I would not be surprised if this is pushed again. We've already, we're already seeing other movies. For example, Wonder Woman, uh, 1984. Original premiere date was December of 2019. Jesus. Um, then it was moved up to November 2019. Uh, then the world kind of was going wacky, and then it was moved to June 2020. Uh, now it's being moved to August 14th. And then finally, it's now more recently being pushed to October 2nd. So that movie's all over the place. It may never come out. Like, kind of new mutants. <laughs> Good lord. Um, other big one, other interesting ones. Uh, we've already passed this one, which was uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. That was supposed to come out in May. That's a shame. May of 20, May 22nd. Uh, that was originally pushed back to November 20th. And now more recently, they're pushing it to May 21 of 2021. So it's a full year. Full, a full year. year. To me, that makes the most sense. Uh, besides, um, besides Matrix. Other ones, No Time to Die, April of 2020, which was, you know, kind of most most people, or most parts of the country were in the quarantine in March, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A April month later, we'll be, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll, yeah. go, we'll be able to go see Bond in April. That's fine. Nope. <laughs> Uh, that was kicked down to November. Um, more recently, they've bumped it up a little bit to like the middle of November, November 20th. Um, the other one that I care about was uh, Matrix 4. Not a massive shift. Just kidding. It's a huge shift. <laughs> May 21st of 2021 is when it was supposed to come out. Granted, like we discovered that Matrix 4 was filming at the beginning of 2020, so it was never going to come out in 2020. But what's fascinating is they've pushed it 11 months to April 1st of 2022. That's because of probably filming, right? That It's still filming? No, the filming was delayed. Filming was delayed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's oh, why it's yeah, being yeah. pushed. It's, yeah. The filming is... So you know, What's fascinating to me about movies is, and I was going to put all the other, like the Disney ones and everything, and maybe we can discuss this next week if we, if we want, is... You're going to start getting a huge glut of blockbusters that are all going to come out at the same time because there is no summer blockbuster this year, right? Like it's yeah. it's all We're kept, yeah. we're in the middle of June and typically like a year ago, what had already happened at this Endgame. point? Endgame had happened and we got we were in the slew of the blockbuster. Yep. Now we're just sitting here Twiddling our thumbs. Twiddling our thumbs. Yeah. We're, we're, I mean, we're watching... Expanding our horizons. Right. We're, wa we're watching other Milk. movies like Defy Bloods on Netflix and such, which is great. But in terms of, you know, all of those blockbusters that are filmed and in the can, right, all have to come out one day. And you have to wonder, too... Who's going to hack these studios first? Well, well <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. But in terms of just when movies come out, right, there's a cultural relevance to them. How many of these movies, because you have to wait a year plus, will potentially need reshoots just because they're not culturally relevant? You know what I mean? I feel because like they age. I feel like Wonder Woman 1984 would be okay. It's a period piece. Tenant might be a little, uh. No Time Today probably will have to have something. 
Um, Godzilla vs. Kong potentially as well. Um, Yeah, you could potentially see other reshoots and stuff like that. But something else I think that kind of helps with these things is um, you could argue that they are timely. Right. Right. Unlike something like um, a like a, a TV series like Westworld, where we waited so long, yeah. we had to like remember all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. You may run into something similar with like Wonder Woman because by the time it comes out in October second of twenty twenty, we're talking three years. I think three years. Almost over three years since the um, original standalone Wonder Woman film came it's out. Like May of twenty seventeen. I don't know. Probably. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, another thing, we mentioned this um, last week after our podcast taping during the Twitch stream at the very end uh, for our audio listeners out there. Uh, but movie theaters are starting to open back up. I believe AMC officially opened up this weekend. Has anyone looked at, like, the seating charts? I haven't looked at the seating charts yet. I know they're doing, like, 25% capacity. You have to wear your masks the full time. But it's going Fuck to... that. I'm not watching a movie. But it's fascinating. <laughs> well, it's fascinating to see, like, what is going to happen... With those, and you know, you are. We talked about this a few weeks ago, but you're seeing a rise in drive-in theaters, and potentially, you know, is there is there a market uh, for some of these blockbusters to still come out this year in a drive-in capacity? Now, a movie like Tenant is not gonna is not a good drive-in movie, right? It has specific sound design, it has specific visual design that you're just not gonna get in that. But for something like um, like uh, one movie that did come out, you know, on VOD. And um, in the driving was like Trolls World Tour, right? A I knew you were gonna say that. A fa- well, it's a family movie, right? <laughs> you can get the fa- you can load the family up into a car and watch it. You don't need a great screen. You don't need a great sound system for it. Um, just to, I mean, it's just ways that the theaters need to potentially avoid the the super glut you're gonna get in 2021 and 2022 of like these movies are going to lose money, right? If yeah. you have, you know, let's say, I, I'm making this up. I don't know how many typical blockbusters there are. Like, let's say a typical year has 15 summer blockbusters. You're looking at like 40 in one, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so think about that, right? Like just a regular family of four, it's like, all right, I can only like go to like two or three of these, right? Because it's like almost $100 for like four IMAX tickets and popcorn and stuff. And it's like, well, we're just going to, we're going to have to drop X, Y, and Z. And like, you're just, some of these yeah, movies. Yeah, you're going to miss movies. And then the other one that I've And they're also- going to lose tons of money. I've, I've also wondered is the AMC like pass. Is that done? Are they going to bring that back? Because mm. they've not made money since February of this year. Right. Like they're in the negative pretty hardcore. Well, well, one, question, one question I have is like we're all A-list members for AMC, which is the, the subscription service. But now that they're opening back up, are they going to charge us? Right, and if so, like we will probably cancel because I I know like I don't feel comfortable going to a movie theater. But then when I go back, is it going to be exponentially higher, for sure or am I going to have to pay another startup fee for if, it? If if I know? had to guess, um, a lot of these ple- companies will like look to like, you know, the members who were loyal to the company when it wasn't the good times. Right. They'll probably reward them and let them keep X amount. You know, um, you'll. They'll be able to keep that like grandfathered in pricing or whatever for unless you cancel long, unless you cancel yeah. right. Um, but the other thing is like like if Tenant came out July seventeenth or if Tenant comes out July thirteenth or thirty first and the theater is tw- you know twenty five percent capacity you're sitting far apart from people you have to wear a mask the whole time cases are rising I'm not spending money to go see it I'm not I probably won't go that either, sounds like honest. a terrible movie experience right. I'll I'll wait until there's a um, a vaccine, 
cases are down and things are normal, it's a movie. Honestly, it can wait. Yeah. Mm. There's no need to risk it, honestly. No. As much as like I want to see Tenet, I'm not going to go risk my life to go see it either. And, and I, I do want to see it on the proper... I want to see the proper experience. I want to see it on IMAX, right? I want to see it with the the advanced sound and everything. I also want to see it when I feel safe and I don't need to wear a mask because... How do you think that's going to play out, though, from like a critic standpoint, right? Like, let's say you're a big-time... New York Times critic, mm. and you're 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 that critic, and you just said you said that stuff. I don't feel comfortable going to see it, right. so you don't go and see it. But the the film is designed for that movie going experience. Right. But then you get the movie because you're a critic and you watch in your small screen. Your view of that movie is going to be different yeah. than if you see it in um, a theater. Yeah. Not only that, but that could also affect your chances of Oscars and stuff like that because it goes for the same the the fucking. You know, nose up the butt academy fuck faces. Yeah. Uh, if they, for whatever reason, hopefully feel unsafe to go see a film, but they go and watch it at home, same thing could happen where it's like, it's not it's not going to be a good comparison either. Right. So I'm very curious to see, like, I, I think the that, Academy I 2021. Think, I think that's why you got to push. You, there's there's some movies like Tenant you just have to push. I think just trying to stick to, like, yep, it's going to come out in July, and you go see it if you want to. Like, I think that's a bad idea. Like, I think the movie will lose money and it won't do as well. Mm-hmm. And I think people are going to have a negative association with it because it's like, well, you weren't willing to kind of wait for the right time. And it's like, I'm not going to go support this. Because yeah. I, I, going to a movie theater and wearing a mask is not the optimal movie experience, right? Even if it's you're by yourself, I would, I would argue, like, that's not – you're. You, Going to a theater and having to think about how far I am from people and if I'm going to get sick or not, you are not engrossed in that movie, in that movie theater experience. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's going to do it for us here today on Was It Good? Oh, wait. We missed, we missed two things. What? Uh, SpongeBob. Oh, yeah. What is this? SpongeBob oh, that's nonsense? right. Before we wrap here, uh, Nickelodeon. Yes. Uh, this past Saturday, past weekend, mm-hmm. went to the socials to announce that SpongeBob was a member, not a supporter, member of the. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess this up, so please don't yell at me. I can but correct you. Go ahead, you say no, it. So SpongeBob is official is officially a member of the LGBTQ plus community. This isn't actually news though, because they actually re- released years ago that SpongeBob. I think the creator said this when it came out back in 1999. Like they're like, is SpongeBob ever gonna have a romantic interest? And Steven Hillenberg, who passed away, I think last year, two years ago, uh, said no. Uh, SpongeBob is a sponge, and sponges are asexual. So SpongeBob, our character, is asexual, asexuality oh. being part of the LG- LGBTQ plus community. Wow, brilliant! Yeah. So, uh, and people are freaking out. Obviously, oh, they're why? Like, they're like, what? Like, they're like, they're like, oh my god, that's propaganda. And, and credit to Nickelodeon, right? Nickelodeon, uh, when George Floyd's murder happened, actually aired. Eight minutes and forty six seconds of um, just the of, of of a black screen, right? Uh, and it made a lot of it made a lot of conservative parents unhappy because like, what I have happened to explain this exactly to my kids. exactly get the and fuck it's like, out yeah, of here. You do need to explain yeah. this to your kids. You yeah. do need to educate. You're your the kid. fucking problem. And so I'm glad they did that. The last thing we want to mention, uh, Krishna and I actually have a bet that we want to talk about. Yes, Juna, go ahead. Krishna is growing his beard. Oh, God. He has decided that he's going to grow his beard to his chest. <laughs> he's going to grow it out to here. He's done in four in uh, four weeks. 
That is the bet. So so I so Krishna uh, actually owes me a hundred dollars from already, a previous bet. From a previous bet, and now we're making it double or nothing. If he shaves, if he cuts it, if he just shaves it off at any point before it gets there, he will now owe me two hundred dollars. Wait, let's back up a second. When you say shave, like what if he trims it? I could trim it, but as long as I am not stopping the growth of at least some to get to my chest. So what happens if that literally to get to your chest takes you know ten years? It was it would take at least a year probably because your hair, your beard hair growths are about a rate Christian, do half you, an inch. Do you want a girlfriend? Ah, uh, yeah. This is not going to help you. Well, we'll I'm see. putting that out there right now. Some so therefore, people, you took this bet already, right? I already took the bet. Start saving some money because you you owe Arjun two hundred bucks. <laughs> like you're fucked. Well, well, that was the dumbest. That's that's a dumber bet than saying that. No, Mark Hamill no. was going to be Oscar nominated <laughs> no. for the Last Jedi. No, because I have that control over bet. my bet. Your bet is just dumb as. But you will you will lose this bet. So yeah, I, I will bet I that Christian loses we'll, this bet. We'll do a side. We'll no, do yeah, a, no. The side bet. You said four weeks. I give up. Yeah, we'll do a side. I would take that bet. We'll, I'm we'll going to go side. over that. That's we'll easy. We'll do a side over I've, under. I've grown this thing for four months before. Chris, we're about to hit a uh, hit a heat wave. So I'm, I, 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 I didn't mention that. I'm going to live inside. I'm going to live inside and keep the air on 65 degrees. It's going to cost everyone some money, but I'll be fine. So Christian has just committed that he will pay the electric bill. No. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Yet. Anyway, that's going to do us that's going to do it for us here at Was It Good? You can find us on Twitter at Was It Good, <laughs> on Instagram at Was It Good BTM, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash was it good. We do the podcast live on Twitch every Monday evening. So make sure you follow along on Twitch, turn on your notifications. Um, that's all I have to say about you subscribing, liking, commenting. Smash that like button, et cetera, et cetera. Remember, remember the guy, the Beast from uh, the, that, the those uh, M Night Shyamalan movies. And Arjuna, correct me if I'm wrong. We're still going to keep the link that we have for what you can do for Black Lives Matter. Nope. Uh, where you can donate, all that fun stuff. It will be in the descriptions wherever you find this podcast um, or VOD clips. So appreciate that. Boom. Goodbye.